Hi, and welcome to More Human, More Resources, the HR podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Vicki Brown, your host and CEO of Vidominale Enterprises. As a serial entrepreneur, I understand that having the right expert help has been critical to my success. That's why I'm dedicated to telling you, in plain language, what's going on in the world of HR that might impact your business and what you need to do about it with real actionable tips to help you master that list of must-dos and grow your leadership muscle. First things first, the information contained in this podcast is provided for general purposes only and is not to be considered legal advice. Your decision to adopt or not adopt any practice or procedure mentioned in this podcast is solely yours and we bear no responsibility for the outcome. We urge you to always consult legal counsel and other appropriate licensed professionals. And with that, let's get into the show. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 42. Okay, so you've taken a look at the budget and revenue forecast, or you've focused in on what skills you'll need to achieve the goals you've set up for the coming year. Well, no matter why, the fact is you're going to have to lay some people off. Downsize. It happens sooner or later to all businesses. Navigating internal and external factors can mean facing the fact that you may need to lighten the payroll load or that you need different people in different seats. But how do you go about doing a layoff? Well, there are lots of factors to consider. How do you select which jobs will be eliminated? What should you consider in making the decision? Are there any laws you need to keep in mind? Well, let's walk through the process one step at a time. First, the selection. If it's a situation where you simply need different skills, it's easier to know which jobs have to go. The people in the jobs that are no longer a fit would be reasonable candidates for job elimination. But if you're simply looking at cutting the budget, well, then things get a bit more complicated. I know the first inclination would be to cut the jobs of the highest paid people because you can save more that way. But it may not be that clear cut. No matter how you decide to make the selections, it's always a good idea to do some analysis to see if there are any unintended consequences. Disparate impact. You may have heard the term from your employment attorney or your HR rep. It's when an action or system looks neutral on the surface, but the result is that it has a disproportionate impact on a protected group. So let's look at cutting the highest paid folks as an example. When you look at the details of that group, perhaps they've been with the company the longest and that's why their salaries are higher. Well, then you have to look at where they all are age-wise because if you cut 20 people and 18 of them are over 40, well, then the fairly benign decision of cutting the highest paid people may actually have a disparate impact on an older group of workers. Now, I'm not saying you can't do the layoff, but you have to be very careful in the selection process. Decide on a clear set of criteria, write it down, and stick to it. That would be one of the first ways you would respond to a possible discrimination complaint, to show that your selection process was not based on anything problematic. And of course, during this whole process, you're going to be joined at the hip with your employment attorney, so they can give you the guidance you'll need. Okay, so you've decided how you're going to select people. So now you have a number. You know the number of people who are being let go. Now, and again, another reason you'll have your labor attorney on speed dial, 
Now, you have to make sure that you're doing all the compliance things that are necessary. For instance, there's something called the WARN Act. It stands for Worker Adjustment and Retraining Notification Act. That's a mouthful. But in English, it basically says that if you hit the eligibility levels, you can't just go around cutting jobs. You either have to give people fair warning, defined as a notice period, or you have to pay out the equivalent of a notice period. There's actually more than one WARN Act. There's a federal WARN Act, and it applies to businesses with 100 or more employees that's laying off 50 or more people at a single site. And that's just a very general overview. There are other eligibility criteria, but for the sake of argument, let's go with this. Well, that business has to give workers a minimum of 60 calendar days notice period, or pay an equal amount to everyone. And I mentioned there's more than one WARN Act. Well, the states got in on it, too. So there are a number of states that have their own WARN Act requirements. They're actually called mini WARN Acts. And some of the states that have them are, well, you guessed it, California, Connecticut, Michigan, South Carolina, Illinois. That's just a very small sample. Each one has its own threshold. So just because you don't qualify under the federal WARN Act doesn't mean you're free and clear. All right. Once you know you've taken care of what needs to happen on the legal compliance side, now you should turn your thoughts to the individual. Start thinking about how you want to deal with the employee. Are you going to give everyone severance? Now, don't automatically dismiss severance. It could be a very small amount, even one week, all the way up to the larger amounts we usually think of when we talk about severance packages. But the upside of paying out severance is in return, you should be getting a separation agreement. That's a release that the employee is required to sign that releases you from some liability. Let me be clear, it won't release you from all liability, but it can provide some good protection for the company. You can also include things like confidentiality clauses. Again, depending on which state you're in, what can and can't be included in a release is going to change. So again, let's say it all together, contact your attorney. But no matter which state, there's a federal guideline that's always going to come into play. If you're asking anyone to release you from a possible age discrimination claim because they're at least 40, well, now we're into a federal protection. The Older Workers Benefit Protection Act, or lovingly referred to as OWEPA, governs how you have to deal with older workers to make sure that the release is valid. There are certain specific things that will have to be in the separation agreement. You have to give them time to review the agreement with their own counsel. None of this sign it now or the deal is off the table stuff. No, they get time to take it and review it. If they're 40 or older, they get 21 or in some cases 45 days to review it. If they're younger than 40, it can be less days. But again, it can't be sign right now. OWEPA also requires that they have a week after they sign to decide they want to revoke their signature. Basically, they get to take backsies. Now, there are lots of other provisions, but since this isn't an episode all about separation agreements, I'll move on. Now, once you know you've covered the legal requirements, you've done the prep work on if and how much severance you're giving, and you're done with the analysis to make sure you've covered all the bases, well, now the next thing is to organize the communication piece. What will you say? When and how will you say it? Is it possible to cushion the blow somehow? Well, I'll cover all that in next week's episode. If you found this information helpful, please leave a review and tell a friend. 
Thanks for spending the time. Until next week, same time, same place.